0: Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 14, and oh my goodness, thank God we got some news on Tuesday because it was going to be a light news week until Tuesday exploded with a whole bunch of awesome news. So sweet, I'm going to have plenty, I think, enough to talk about on this week's episode. And just in case you didn't Catch it last week, I made a, a couple of... Well, I guess one major announcement. I am going to be changing the schedule of the, the podcast this week. Not really a big change, but hockey is staying on Wednesdays. Wrestling is staying on Saturdays. Moving the GX GamerCast from Sundays. We're going to move that over to Mondays now because... I don't like having everything kind of blocked in there on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So I don't know. The gamer cast can be moved wherever, whatever day of the week. I just wanted to try and spread things out a little bit. Thought maybe it made more sense to give you guys a, a Monday podcast so you could start your week out on the right foot with a Monday podcast. I put it up on Sundays, I don't know, just because I I felt like not a lot of people put pod, pod, podcasts up on Sundays, so or even just weekends for that matter, so I I liked I thought it would be a good idea to put mine up on weekends but You know, I haven't really heard any feedback from it, I haven't heard any complaints, so I talked to a buddy of mine to see what he thought of it, he was like, sure man, it's your podcast, I was like, fuck yeah, it is my podcast, do whatever the fuck I want, so I'm putting it on fucking Monday, so there you go, so don't be alarmed if you don't see a GX GamerCast this Sunday, it'll be moved to Monday, so there you go. Speaking of GX GamerCast, make sure you go check out last week's episode. I did Metal Gear Solid 4. It was a great time. And make sure you're checking out the WrestleCast. The WrestleCast, to do a wrestling recap every week. Talk about all the shows, AEW shows and WWE shows. Do a review, a little three stars at the end of the week. My favorite mages. Like, how can you miss that? That's so fantastic. No, but seriously, go over there. Check out those other podcasts if you're just want more of this voice for some damn reason but yeah I hope you guys are having a good week so far I'm tired I just finished work uh it's really boring at work and I just wanted to come home and yeah so here I am after work doing my my hockey cast and like I said there's a bit of news to get to this week so I guess we'll just go right into it we'll kick it off as usual with the signings uh, not a lot has gone on other than the one major motherfucker that got signed today. You may have heard of him, but um, we'll get to him last. We'll talk about him last. So let's just get through the other three guys that signed. Nowhere near as much money as the big boy did today. But Tyler Mott signs with Ottawa. One-year deal, $1.35 million. Tyler Mott, I don't know, a decent bottom six forward for them, possibly. I don't know if he's going to be making the lineup. Sean Derzy signs an extension. Two years worth three, or sorry, yeah total 3.4 oh god damn you freaking stupid sportsnet and your terrible terrible website i don't know why i'm using it so i guess it's just gonna have the totals i don't know what the uh, okay i know what whatever, we'll work through it so sean Dersey signs for a total of 3.4 million dollars for two years that's gonna be like 1.7 It's a good deal it's a good deal for sean Dersey. he's really been emerging the last couple years former leafs prospect right-handed shot defenseman uh, it'd be really nice if we had him in our in our team right about now, but he got traded away a while back. I don't remember if it was for Muzzin or if it was for the Jack Campbell trade. But regardless, he's in LA now. He's doing pretty well over there. Uh, apparently, he's an offensive defenseman. I don't know. I have I don't watch LA games, but I know Sean Dersey, I like him, and uh, I hope best for him because well it's almost a guarantee that he's going to have an excellent career because he was a former maple leaf prospect that was traded away so more than likely going to be one of the better top 10 defensemen in the league over the next 10 years just because anyway and barrett hayton arizona they sign him for uh, two years Worth $3.5 million in total. So yeah, pretty small deal. Barrett Hayden, not a lot of risk to that because, I mean, Arizona has all the money. They just need people to play for them. So yeah, absolutely no risk there for them signing Barrett Hayden. He's okay. I don't know if he's ever going to crack into that top six ever. He seems more like a bottom bottom six center. I don't really, don't. it doesn't matter. Anyway, let's get to the one that fucking matters, baby. Number one, highest paid player, going to be next season, Nathan McKinnon signs a eight-year deal, $100 million, literally, he's a, he is the asking price of a Dr. Evil freaking ransom, $100 million, and it's like, yeah, that's how much Nathan McKinnon just fucking signed for, so uh, good for Nathan McKinnon, he is officially going to be the highest paid, highest paid player in the league next season. This contract does not kick in until next season. It's going to be worth $12.6 million per season. So I had a little bit of a, I thought I recalled Nathan McKinnon last year or a year or two saying that he's he'll take a discount, all this crap, and, and here he is. Now he's the highest paid player in the league. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying, hey, man, those are the words that came out of your mouth. So a lot of people were curious about the Nathan McKinnon contract. It's been in the works for the last little while here. It was coming. It was coming. There was no—I don't think there was any doubt in anyone's mind that Nathan McKinnon was going to be leaving the Colorado Avalanche. He just won a Stanley Cup with them. He's been with them his whole career. I imagine he's going to stay with them his whole career, unless somehow—no, that's definitely not going to happen. But maybe Crosby gets into uh, Colorado someday, and then those two get to play together, because that would be fucking awesome. We get to see them not only in Tim Hortons commercials together, but we get to see them play on the same team. That would be so fucking tight, but that's probably never, ever going to happen unless the Olympics happen, and they're actually allowed to play there or some sort of fucking tournament. I don't really know. Anyway... Yeah, so I, I personally thought that McKinnon was gonna take a little bit less than that. I don't really care. He's not on my team. I think it's good good for him and quite possibly this, this may help with the Austin Matthews contract in the future. I mean if I mean McKinnon's got the hardware, he's got the Stanley Cup, he's got the, the performances in the playoffs. Does Matthews really stack up next to Nathan McKinnon? Can can Matthews really say that he's worth more than Nathan McKinnon? it's arguable it's definitely definitely arguable if um if i was building a team right now who would you take with your first overall pick where i mean between those two players are you taking nathan mckinnon you're taking austin matthews i don't think you can really go wrong with either of those players but me right now i would i would think i would just have to go with nathan mckinnon because of that killer fucking instinct that he has man he is so competitive he is so eager to win all he wants to do is win and that's something that Matthews just hasn't really shown off yet. That eagerness to win, that determination, that scary determination that McKinnon has developed over the last couple of years. His intensity, his his drive, his his attitude. His it's insane over there, man. Like I I have to admit, like Austin Matthews does not have that intensity, that mentality that ma- that McKinnon does over there in Colorado. You may have heard of the stories from Nathan McKinnon. Um, on spitting and chiclets and stuff, but that guy absolutely revamped the whole like locker room culture over there in Colorado. He's like, everyone's gonna start fucking eating good. Everyone's gonna start practicing harder. Everyone's gonna start taking this way more seriously. And the the best thing about McKinnon is he's the one that that took that like bull by the horns. Like personally, he was like, I'm gonna. I, he's eating all this shitty food too, all this unpleasant food. But and he's doing all these hard workouts and all that. He's being a leader. And he finally got a Stanley Cup, so that's unbelievable. Nathan McKinnon, $100 million fucking contract. Merry freaking Christmas, goodness gracious. They're just getting bigger, man. It's good. They're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger because everyone keeps talking about the salary cap is supposed to spike up. Not next year, but I think the year after that, they're they're projecting it to go up to like six, $7 million more, which is a massive increase. But overall, I don't. I think it kind of evens out because the salary cap's been stagnant since COVID happened. The league was due were were projected to increase the salary cap quite a bit over that COVID those COVID years before COVID hit. Obviously, COVID hitting fucking scrapped all those ideas, ruined the Leafs, ruined a lot of teams that had that that projected salary cap coming into the league. They had a lot of contracts built around that. So, yeah. That could also be happening again in uh, the next year or two. Once you start seeing some of these contracts signed, is that uh, GMs or the players are going to be trying to uh, work their way to make the most money out of that increase in salary cap? By meaning that is that some players might sign a two-year deal right now just so that can that can take them to the end of uh, that season where the salary cap increases and that will give that player a better opportunity to make more money because more teams are going to have money. Right now, no one has fucking money. There's like three teams out there that actually have salary cap space that they're allowed to use and and those most of those teams are so under they need to spend more money or they're going to be under the salary cap floor so like it's a real fucking mess right now out there in the nhl and salary cap world it's a fu- i've never seen it this fucked up now personally honestly, I, I haven't i uh, i haven't been keeping track of salary cap my whole life uh, watching hockey because, well, A, the salary cap got introduced very early into my hockey-watching life, so... And I didn't understand it back then. I didn't start understanding salary caps until I started playing GM mode in NHL games, and that's where I basically learned about 50% of my hockey knowledge that I have stuffed in my brain, all the names and contracts and numbers and all that bullshit. Learned all that from playing, like, a deck... Uh, uh, two decades? Basically two decades of NHL? Since 2003 NHL 03 was the first NHL game that I owned I probably played some of the old ones on Super Nintendo But I don't fucking remember Hi Why do you gotta be so rude about it, Ribley? You gotta kick open my door like that Being all rude and shit I'm trying to record quietly down here My wife is sleeping upstairs And you gotta be down here Being a dick like that Unbelievable Every single week he comes down here Ran, ran He's ruining my podcast It's ruining my podcast Why don't you just fucking be my co-host And then we can just get this over with here, come up here. You're ruining everything. Oh, don't touch my Kevin Owens shirt. My fucking my wrestling shirt finally came in the mail. Only took a month for them to send it. And I'm going to tell you guys right now. Don't buy WWE shirts if you're Canadian. It's so overpriced. It's fucking insane. For three t-shirts, dog, for three fucking t-shirts, cost me 120 goddamn dollars. What what are these fucking Abercrombie and Finch? Like what kind of fucking t-shirts like these are very bare bones minimalistic fucking basic ass ass t-shirts probably cost them four cents to make but here i am being a sucker paying forty dollars per and then twenty dollars shipping and taxes and all that shit save your money fucking go buy a white t-shirt grab a fucking permanent marker put ko on it and there you go you got a wwe fucking t-shirt i don't know why i'm so fired up i love the t-shirts i'm not gonna say that like they're awesome t-shirts they look great i'm just a cheap son of a bitch and i don't like paying fucking that much money for a t-shirt it's insane, but I had to have I had to get something to commemorate my moment with uh, my wife and I going to our first WWE live show. But anyway, sorry getting sidetracked off of the off of the hockey so that is all the signings. So Nathan McKinnon, like I said, $100 million. Oh my goodness. What do you guys think? Do you think he was, do you think, like, is that fair? I think obviously that's fair. He's one of the best players. He's been one of the most underpaid players for the last five years or so. He's Everyone's always been talking about, oh, that contract's so good. Oh, it's one of the best deals in the league. And now it's like... Well, he literally just doubled his money. He went from like six million now he's up to twelve million. So yeah, that's pretty good. I think anyone in the world right now would be happy if their salary just got doubled. That would be amazing. I would I would be so happy. I would buy uh, uh, ice cream and and loafers and like uh, a, a wet towel. That, fuck, I panic when I get money, man. I don't know what to buy. But um yeah, dude, it was um big fucking signing for nathan mckinnon i barely even noticed like with all the other news that came out today that one kind of from what i could tell anyway i haven't really heard anyone talking about it as much as some of the other stories out there but i think it's just because it's so obvious that mckinnon was going to get paid colorado was going to give him whatever the fuck he wanted whenever however whenever however fucking he was going to get it so good for nathan mckinnon i'm happy for him maybe uh you could Throw throw a couple bones, couple spawn doolies my way, bro. I don't know what are you gonna do with a hundred million dollars, man. It's fucking outrageous how much freaking professional sports players make. I mean, like basketball players make insane amount of money. Like, ugh, not even gonna get into it. How much fucking money that athletes make is absolutely insane. Okay, so in other new, oh wait, hold on. There is one sort of trade, I guess. I really have no idea what this trade is. I'd barely heard a damn thing about it, but. The Dallas Stars acquire a player called Nils Lundqvist. They acquired him from the New York Rangers and the New York Rangers acquired a conditional first round pick in 2023 and a conditional fourth round pick in 2025. So, I don't know who the hell this Nils Lundqvist kid is. I have never heard of him, but the fact that Dallas paid a first and a fourth for him. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. And But if you got, do you guys know who the hell this guy is? I have never heard that name once before in my life. Uh, but when I hear a name like Lundquist come out of New York, I'm like, wait, like Hank? Like Hendrik Lundquist? Like, no, no, no. There's this other fucking Lundquist in freaking New York. But um, yeah, don't know a goddamn thing about him because... No one no one seemed to talk about this trade at all. Like, there's just, I don't know, people maybe just trying to get the engines running with the podcasts and the news because they're all kind of starting to start back up. But a lot of them were just, I don't know. No one really talked about this trade. So, sorry I don't know much more about it. All I know is that that price is fucking high. I don't know what the conditions are on those picks, but trading a first-round pick, I don't know, man. But I imagine he's some sort of young-ass prospect, so cool for him. Okay, dude, so we got some really... Well, I guess I'll just go into, uh, I, I don't know. I don't really like to talk about this, but it is sort of interesting. Professional tryout season is right now. So a lot of guys, they call them PTOs. You may have heard about that. Professional tryout opportunity. I don't fucking know what it means, but it means some sort of tryout. Okay. Professional tryout. Eh, no, that's exactly what that means. There you go. Um... Yes, so there's a lot of them right now. There's 40 professional tryouts out there, so I just want to list off a few of the names. The only reason why I don't want to talk about it that much is because these guys aren't actually signed. It doesn't mean they're signed. It doesn't mean they're guaranteed to make the team. They're just giving them an opportunity to to make the team, to make a NHL team. It's just that some of these guys, I'm a little surprised, don't have NHL teams, but all right. So let's just go into some of them that uh, made me kind of tickle me a little bit. So you got Jake Vertanen uh Getting a tryout with the Edmonton Oilers. Now this guy had a lot of fucking problems going out in Vancouver, where he was from, had uh, some very uh, personal issues. So a little bit of controversy that Edmonton's giving this guy a shot, but we'll see where that goes. He's only 26 years old, so there's there's still potentially some gas in that engine. Jimmy VC with the Rangers. You got Michael Stone in Calgary. He seems to always be on a PTO with those guys. It just seems like once a year, he's getting a PTO with the Calgary Flames. Eric Stahl in Florida. Daniel Sprong with the Seattle Kraken, I think is interesting. I always remember Daniel Sprong getting ridiculously good in some of the NHL games. And uh, yeah, he's still only 25 years old. He hasn't found an NHL, like a consistent NHL job yet. So we'll see uh, if he can crack crack the crack lineup huh <laughs> i barely i barely even realized that i was making a bun there Zach Zenishin signing a PTO with New Jersey Devils. I'm only saying Zach Zenishin because he was one of the three guys that the Bruins drafted in 2015. Uh, All three of the picks that they made were bad in comparison to the three guys that were taken right after them. If you didn't know, the Bruins in 2015 had three draft picks back-to-back-to-back, like 14, 15, and 16 or something like that. They picked Jake DeBrusque, Zach Zenishin, and some other dude that never made it in the NHL right after that, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, and Matthew Barzal, so, yeah, Boston fucking blew that draft so bad, that was such a stacked draft, and they missed on all three of them, yeah, Jake DeBrus is an okay player, um, borderline top six player, I don't know, it's just his con- his inconsistencies are absolutely fucking mind-numbing, how inconsistent that player can be, but, um, yeah, dude, Zach Zenishin. One of those picks from the Bruins has never cracked a lineup. I don't think he's even played in NHL games, so I doubt he's going to crack the lineup with the New Jersey Devils, but good luck to him. Victor Rask with the Columbus Blue Jackets. you got James, the real deal, Neal, still looking, still out there, uh, trying to get a job with the Columbus Blue Jackets. If he does crack that roster, he I'm guarantee he'll score 10 goals in 10 games, and then he'll be gone he will just disappear. That guy, he always starts out so hot and then he just disappears off the face of the fucking earth. Uh, Sonny Milano getting a a tryout with the Calgary Flames. A lot of people are buzzing about this one. Now, I don't know if uh, there's that much behind Sonny Milano because the fact that Anaheim didn't re-sign him and he had really good chemistry with Trevor Zegras is is pretty, like, red flag-ish to me, so it's weird because, like, he played so well with Zegers that the, that the Ducks didn't want to bring him back and keep that chemistry, keep that friendship or whatever, so that's, like, kind of a red flag for me, so, like, what is it? What did the Anaheim Ducks see in Sonny Milano that they did not like? Is it the fact that ma- maybe it was that Zegers was carrying him so much and made him look a lot better than he actually is, but if he cracks into the Calgary Flames lineup, I think they would be pretty happy with that. He's only 26 of age, so... Could be cool. Uh, let's see any other names that look good. Andrew Hammond, the Hamburg burglar, is is uh, trying out with the Florida Panthers. We'll see if he gets the job. Alex Galchenyuk, there he is. Uh, he's still out there. Uh, he signed a trial with the Colorado Avalanche, so that's very interesting. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk has had a very interesting career. You know, he was taken third overall in I think the twenty twelve draft. Uh, Pretty bad draft that year. I think that's the one where the Leafs got Morgan Riley. I remember that draft because I wanted the Leafs to take Galchenyuk so bad. And then the Montreal Canadiens drafted him third overall. And, man, he looked decent there in Montreal. I think he had a couple 60-point seasons. Pretty good-looking. And then it just fell off, man. This guy has been struggling to find teams, been struggling to get any sort of offensive anything going. He had a very, very, very minor splash in toronto uh it looked like maybe it could work there and then nah he didn't want to stay surprisingly so he moved on uh to arizona arizona didn't want to keep him now he's off to colorado see if he can crack into that lineup i'm not very optimistic for him it may be the very much well be the end of alex galchenyuk's nhl career he may be off to playing in the khl or something like that for the rest but we'll just have to wait and see with that one Uh, I, i don't remember if i no, okay, we haven't gotten to that guy yet. Anyway, Jason Demers with the Edmonton Oilers. I still thought he was a pretty decent defenseman, so that one could work out. Danny DeKaiser with the Vancouver Canucks. Calvin DeHaan with the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm a little bit jealous about that one. I'm I'm personally a little bit shocked that DeHaan does not have a team. I always thought he was a pretty damn good top six defensive defenseman, but maybe he's not anymore. He's only 31 still, so he's still got some... Still got some years in him. I I think he could crack into that. I don't know if he'll crack into that Carolina lineup because their defense is so strong. I'm surprised he picked that team. But yeah, he could maybe find a job somewhere. I'm not sure though. Michael Del Cole is interesting. I always remember that's another guy that used to get really good in the NHL games. Just really has not found his way in the NHL. Ottawa Senators are going to take a chance on him. He's only 26 years old. So don't think he's good. He is what he is more than likely. But who knows? Maybe he can find a home there in Ottawa. Alex Chase Chason, Arizona Coyotes, Derek Broussard in the Ottawa Senators, and then you got one with the Toronto, well you got two technically with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Dylan Ferguson, don't know who that is, he's a goaltender, 23 years old, and then Zach Aston Reese, who a lot of people believe he will be able to crack the roster of the Toronto Maple Leafs, left winger, right winger, 28 years old, apparently pretty gritty grindy, bottom six forward, so... Uh, it's pretty open right now with the Maple Leafs bottom six don't really know uh, like the only ones for sure that we know is like Pierre Angval will be there but he may even be able to crack the top six this year so I don't know man the bottom six for the Maple Leafs are there's a lot of guys there I just don't know which ones are going to make it in there there's, we have the guys I just don't know which ones are going to make it so yeah so those are the PTOs going on right now which ones do you guys think are going to make it uh, which ones do you think are not gonna make it? I told you which ones I don't think are gonna make it, like Galchenyuk and stuff. Dahan, I'm again, I'm just gonna say, I think I'm pretty surprised that that guy has, has not found a team. But um, yeah, only have to we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so let's get into the retirement news. Yeah, we had three huge retirements, three defensemen, three big defensemen retirements. One coming as a surprise, the other two not so much. And uh, so let's just start out with the big man, fucking Zdeno Chyra finally retires man oh my god he had a hell of a long fucking career man uh let's get into some of his uh statistics and stuff like that so the dude was drafted in like 1990 hold on let's see i can actually get that um drafted 56th overall in 1996 by the new york islanders so yeah he played from 1996 till 2022 dude yeah he played a long long fucking time so let's just get to his total nhl totals he played oh my goodness 1680 games oh my goodness gracious Uh, 209 goals, 471 assists, assists, 680 points, 2,085 penalty minutes. On top of that, he also added in another 200 games in the playoffs, 18 goals, 52 assists, 70 points. Yeah, uh, I think it's safe to say that he'll be a, um, I don't know if he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer more than likely uh, Hall of Famer. I think for sure with that career, I know those numbers may not be eye popping, but if you don't know who Zdeno Chara is, he is literally the biggest NHL player to ever walk to skate the ice six foot nine on skates, probably closer to seven foot over seven foot tall, a neck, like a draft, uh, the biggest stick you've ever seen in the NHL the hardest shot in the nhl and uh one of the scariest most intimidating nhl players i've ever witnessed probably like yeah i would say ever because uh the the days of the enforcer have kind of gone by me and a lot of the bigger more popular enforcers were before my time of watching hockey i got to see ty domi and shit and like donald brashear those were like kind of the two big guys i remember going at it a lot when i first started watching hockey man Oh uh, man, Donald Brashier and Domi hated each other. <laughs> oh my god, I mean, I feel like those two went at each other all the fucking time. But um yeah, dude, even though he, in 1600 game, I mean, oh, just okay, even with the, with the the 200 playoff games, well over, uh, he had 18 over 1800 professional games. Absolutely fucking insane. Top 10 overall in the in NHL's history. Uh, he, he didn't put up a whole like that's a good amount of points for a defenseman uh always been more known for his defensive abilities more so than his offensive abilities his best season offensively I think was like 50 55 points somewhere in and around there uh he would he could score goals I believe he cracked 20 goals once in his career let's just go take a quick peek see 17 goals 14 19 17 16 16 so no no 20 goal season there but he did have a 19. It's really fucking impressive. That guy had an absolute bomb from the point. Very dangerous fucking shot. I hated it. Every time I saw that bastard wind up, wind up, everyone, everyone who saw that guy wind up was like, oh God, get out of the way. It's going to be awful. You're going to break something. But um, yeah, he played for the New York Islanders and then he was um, <sighs> trade away by Mike Milbury in one of the worst trades of all time for the Islanders um he would go on to have a fairly successful career there in in Ottawa for three seasons four seasons sorry and uh then it had to come to an end with Ottawa at that time Ottawa had two big defensemen that both needed contracts Zdeno Chara and Wade Redden so at that time Wade Redden was still really good and that decision at that time was actually pretty tough uh, to pick between Zdeno Chara and Wade Redden. At that time, I don't think Ottawa Senators knew that Zdeno Chara was going to have the career that he had. He was a, he was a good defenseman. Um, he was a good defenseman. That, that's it. He was very good. And, uh, they, they chose Wade Redden, man. They chose Wade Redden. He was more proven, older. And, uh, yeah, that one kind of came back to bite them in the ass quite a bit. He ends up signing with the Bruins for a massive ticket. I forget how much it was at the time. I think it was only like 5 or $6 million per season. But back then, that was a shitload of money, man. That was a shitload of money. It was a huge, huge, huge signing for the Bruins back then. It was a huge signing in the NHL overall. A lot of people were, oh, that's too much money. That's insane. Oh, my God. Look, oh, Ottawa looks so good for dodging that bullet. Yada, yada, yada. Char goes on to have one hell of a run with the Boston Bruins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 seasons with the Boston Bruins. And most of those, he was the captain for that. So, yeah. Yeah. He had a pretty good run there. He won one Norris trophy at, with his time there in, uh, in Boston. Only one to his career name. Uh, he was usually in the nomination for a lot of those years in Boston. Uh, Third place, fourth place, fifth place. He was always, always obviously going to be in the conversation. He was one of the better defensemen for the last long while there, man. He had a really strong run where he was one of the better defensemen uh, without question, the most terrifying defensemen. Uh, he's won leadership awards and obviously he won a stanley cup with the boston bruins in 2011 i believe that was and then shortly after that they went on another run to the stanley cup finals where they lost to chicago so yeah dude uh boston's gonna have a very special place for Dane ochara will he get his number retired i would say more than likely get the big z up there i mean what a legend! Absolute legend. What a career. Um, he did end up finishing out his career with the New York Islanders, but before that he made a quick pit, sp- pit stop in there for the Washington Capitals, played one season with them. Obviously the the offensive abilities and all that uh, were long by the wayside years and years ago, but he was still a very useful defenseman. The last year he was with, with Boston. Boston didn't want to give him a, a solidified role in their lineup, so he decided to move on. And then, beautifully, he finishes off his career where he started with the New York Islanders, and that would be his last season. Uh, his last season, he played 72 games, got 14 points. Hell yeah, man. I mean, what a fucking career for Zidane Ochara. What do you guys think? What do you think of Big Z? What, what memories do you have? I mean, I think we're all always going to remember the, the time that he fucking damn near killed Max Pacioretty. I think I watched that game, dude. I remember that. That was a very big, big situation because, um, yeah, dude, um, they were they were very unhappy there in um, in Montreal when that happened. So back then, the stanchions there was like a little bit of a lip that came out. Chara and Padrety were battling on the boards with the with the puck or some shit, and Chara kind of like bumped him into that stanchion. He fucking clipped his head. If you haven't seen it, just look it up. It's absolutely, it's vicious. Like it's as close as I seen a dude dying in the NHL live on the ice. Other than I, I remember, I watched this game when Richard Zednick, when he was playing for the Florida Panthers, got his neck sliced open with a skate and there's blood pouring everywhere out of his neck. I saw that shit happen. And that was a huge, I loved Richard Zednick for some reason. Don't ask. I just, I liked using him in the old NHL games. He had cool hair. But um, yeah, dude, that was that was brutal. Uh, literally the like Montreal Canadiens fans were calling the police to have Chara arrested right there and then for assault. It was insane. But um, on uh, on top of that memory, I'm always gonna remember the time that uh when the first time that the Leafs blew their um, blew their game seven load or whatever against the Bruins uh, when they shoved Chara Chara in front of the net. And he's a defenseman, but they shoved him in front of the net. That's fucking seven foot tall monster on skates in front of James Reimer. You couldn't see a fucking thing ever, and no one can move Chara. So, like, I'm personally a little surprised that they didn't use that more often. Like, go stick Zdeno Chara in front of the net. Who's gonna? What are you gonna do? You can't move him. You can't. You can't do anything to him. Like, who the fuck is gonna move Zdeno Chara? And then to have that guy on your end, standing in front of your goaltender, protecting that blue ice. I don't know if there's anybody better to have done it I mean who the fuck's gonna try To to fuck around with Zidane Ochara I mean goodness gracious he's just such a mutant But uh yeah dude What a fucking career for Zidane Ochara Very proud of him uh, Always wanted him I always thought maybe the Leafs would have picked him up For the, like those last couple of years there Where he was popping around with Washington and shit I thought it would have been so fucking cool to see Zidane Ochara Defending for the Leafs that would have been so fucking key all right and the next defenseman who retired today is Keith Yandel Keith Michael Yandle, if if you will if you will taken 105th overall in the 2005 entry draft by the Phoenix Coyotes that's how long ago this was there were Phoenix back then so his playing career he had a very good playing career himself 2006 till 2022 uh, he had. He currently holds the all-time NHL Ironman record for the most consecutive games played, with 989 straight games played without missing. Absolutely insane. Uh, good for him. Sadly, that's not gonna more than likely not going to last very long because Phil Kessel, still active, signed with the Vegas Golden Knights, has an active Ironman streak. He's only like a handful of games behind Yandel. Yandel's now retired, so. Phil Kessel will more than likely be the new holder of the NHL Ironman streak, but at least Yandel got it. It was a little disappointing what happened to him there in, I believe it was Philadelphia where he was playing there last, and they ended up scratching him. They, they, for virtually, for basically zero reasoning at all, their the Flyers were trash. There was no point scratching Yandel to get in this young player who ended up having a terrible game anyway. So, yeah. It was a big kind of a shit on Keith Yandle to do that to him. I I didn't like that, but yeah. Always been a very solid offensive defenseman, could always put up the points. Uh not necessarily the best defensive uh guy in 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 his uh in his career. He played a majority of his, of his of his time with the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh he was traded or signed to with the New York Rangers, played there for a little bit, stopped in and played with the Florida Panthers for about 5 six, For five five years and then finishes off with the Philadelphia Flyers so Keith Yandel played 1109 games, 103 goals 516 assists for 619 points, that is pretty damn good for a defenseman Uh, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? No, I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer, I don't believe he ever won any NHL awards uh let's just see here uh he was an all-star three times so that's pretty cool yeah dude uh keith is just a very solid player very very funny guy if you if you have not uh been entertained by the man that is keith Yandel or just all the Yandels, they're all very entertaining i highly suggest you go check out spit and chiclets look up some of the episodes with keith Yandel. he is a absolute treat very very funny guy very entertaining excellent accent, I don't, I think he's from Boston or some shit, he's got like that Boston accent, let's see, where are you born, yeah, Boston, Massachusetts, straight up, he's 36 years old when he retired, so good career for you, Keith Yandel, and uh, too bad about your Ironman streak, but at least you got it for now, and uh, yeah, he was never, there was never any real hard feelings uh, from him to the Flyers, he said that he completely understood the situation and all that so he's a professional's professional very very good career for him and then last but certainly not least the last guy to retire today motherfucking holy i can't believe all these guys retired at the same freaking time today but pk suban parnell carl suban calling it a career y'all he's calling it a career and he's only 33 years old. So calling it a little early. So as Subban's been dealing with some back injuries, a lot of back problems over the last few years. Uh, obviously, it's affected his play. His play has dropped uh, pretty dramatically uh, since his time there in uh, Montreal, where he was a Norris winner, Norris contender. He had a pretty good run there with Nashville, was a part of one of the most notorious, um, what do you call it? polarizing trades in nhl history it was shea weber straight up for pk suban one for one i think it's safe to say now that montreal won that trade i think it's pretty fair to say i think for both of them it was pretty good i mean pk had a good run there in nashville i think they went to the finals with him and then obviously montreal last season or uh two years ago going to the finals with shea weber as their captain um, yeah, dude. I I don't think you know at that time that trade looked absolutely fucking banana. But I think Shea Weber had the better side of that career over PK. Um, PK man, he was such a cool fucking player, man. Such a energetic, charismatic, full of confidence, very fun guy to watch. Had a bullet of a shot. Could just rip goals. Huge celebrations. Big. Fucking personality on him, made a shitload of money, won a Norris. So let's go through a little bit of PK Subban's career. So he was drafted in 2007 by the Montreal Canadiens, 43rd overall. That was a pretty fucking good pick for the Montreal Canadiens, played from 2009 till 2022. Let's take a look at some of those career stats. So in 834 games, you know, it's it's sad that he he only got to play in th- 834 games. But the good thing about P.K. Subban is, I mean, if as long as you like him, I don't think we're going to be, we're not going to be without P.K. Subban for very long. I don't, the guy is obviously going to be going into some sort of analyst role. He's going to be on TV. The guy is made for TV. He's got the personality. He's got the chops. He's a born natural. I think he's already, done it for, like, the All-Star games and stuff. He was being, uh, he was there. And it's a perfect fit, man. P.K. Subban is is a brilliant, brilliant, um, personality to have on TV. He's gonna be very, very fun. Um, I don't know how much, how much fanfare he has these days. I know he was extremely popular when he was in, in Montreal. I mean, that guy was leading tons of votes he was always being one of the most popular players in the league that obviously dropped off when he left the the intense market that was montreal but uh of course he was he's always been relevant uh people always talking about pk the only problem is that his play dropped off so much that you know a lot of those talks weren't very positive for the most part for for pk but uh 834 games 115 goals 352 assists for 467 points I mean, damn near a point every other game player. Uh, his earlier years with the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, fuck, dude, he had some monster freaking years. Um, uh, 53 points, 60 points, 51 points, 40 points. Oh, sorry, that was with the Nashville. But uh, 15 goals would be his highest. 16 goals actually with the Nashville Predators. So he could put the go- He could put the puck in the net. He had an absolute bomb of a shot. Won the Norris in 2013, I believe that was. Uh, of course, the year his uh, final year. So there's a lot of contract situation going on with PK Subban in Montreal. Um, when his first, when his ELC came up, he wanted to get paid. Uh, Montreal said no. We're gonna give you a bridge deal. He says okay, but you're gonna fucking pay me after this and I believe they got him for like three and a half million dollars per season PK ends up having two incredible seasons he wins a Norris and now it's fucking pay time and the Montreal Canadiens paid oh my god did they ever pay so let's see um in 2014 he signed an eight year deal worth 72 million dollars per or 70 dollar 72 million dollars in total yeah so that was a big fucking ticket it was a massive ticket back then um, I believe that's nine million dollars per season yeah so I think maybe P.K. Subban may be a little bit to blame for why defensemen are making so much goddamn money right now him and Drew Doughty Drew Doughty holy fuck he makes a lot of money too way more than P.K. Subban did but P.K. made a shitload of money uh, he moved off to, to Nashville had solid seasons there in Nashville too I must say uh, with Nashville you know 40 points, 59 points. He had his best, is arguably one of his best seasons there in his career. And 60 points, with Montreal, 59 points, We have one more goal, so it's arguable, and then, uh, yeah, his last season with Nashville, he, we went in 63 games, dropped down 31 points, then he dropped down to 18 points, 19 points, 22 points, with the New Jersey Devils, so sadly, the Jersey Devils got the raw end of that deal with PK, they did not get the PK, I imagine they were hoping to get, uh, they got, they bought some damaged goods there, for sure, from the Nashville Predators, yeah, dude, um, PK is going to go down as one of the more uh, polarizing players. You love him or you hate him. I'm more on the side of I, I really enjoyed PK Subban. Um, I understand that a lot of people or maybe uh, people fans of the teams that he was on, like Montreal and Nashville, maybe didn't like the idea that PK wasn't exactly uh, maybe the most team player. He was more focused on himself. Some people thought very selfish wanted to, uh, everything to be about him, all the interviews to be about him. He wanted all the media attention. He loves all that. That's whatever, man. Like that's what you got to do. Like if it's if PK is a very, what do you call it? Um, marketable person. He's got a big personality. He's got a, he's very funny, charming, all that stuff. So I don't know in, in terms of how bland white toast, boring most NHL player interviews are PK Subban was such a, uh, fresh breath of fresh air because like he actually had a personality in his interviews he was funny he oh some of the outfits that guy would wear oh my god the big hats and the big coat looking like a don. absolutely badass dude fucking hell yeah pk i i really enjoyed you i'm sad that your playing playing days are behind you but i mean your electric playing days were well behind you you haven't been that electrifying uh pk Subin for like three four years now but I enjoyed it while it lasted I, I can I can say with confidence That we're going to see P.K. Subban On TV doing analyst roles Or something like that in the very near future Or if not he's going to get his own fucking TV show Or something and just say bye bye the NHL Like I'm going to go off and be a fucking movie star Or whatever like who knows The the sky's the limit with P.K. Subban he's a, he's a very cool cat man He's very cool I liked him Okay so that was all of the fucking retirements for this week So let's get into some more bad news uh, Blake Wheeler he is stripped of his captaincy in the in uh in the Winnipeg, in the Winnipeg, y'all, in the Winnipeg. The things are going down. Uh, coach Bonus, their new coach, said it's not personal. He just wants to get a look at his new team, uh, get a readjustment on the leadership roles and all that. So, um, yeah, dude, uh, the the shit just kind of keeps hitting the fan over there in Winnipeg. It has been a rough couple of years for them over there. An extremely disappointing season last year and uh, all the shit kind of getting aired out uh, stories coming out that the locker room is split all that bullshit Patrick Lainey leaving Pierre-Luc Dubois coming in being annoying all that crap their defense is, got obliterated when Dustin Bufflin left and their forwards are still good Hellebiech is still one of the best goalies in the league but fuck man something, something is funky monkey over there in Winnipeg the shit stinks over there man something funky something stinking there's a big old pile of shit, something like that, just sitting there in the middle of that locker room, and they're not, they're trying to deal with it, I guess, this year, so, I don't know, man, I feel a little bit bad for Blake Wheeler, I've heard stories about him that he's not exactly the the nicest man or anything like that, but um, regardless, I mean, being stripped of the captaincy must not feel very good, Uh, I can only imagine what he's more than likely thinking and feeling right about now, you know. Um, he's been called out by fans and, and by other players and all that stuff. He's a good player, man. He's a very good player. Uh, offensively gifted. Works very, very hard. Was never really projected to be what he was in the NHL, but he worked at it. He kept at it. He kept improving, and now he's become the player that he is. And for the last few years, man, he's been one of the better Um, forwards in the league very consistent uh, very good for Winnipeg but the last year or so it's been kind of falling off for Blake Wheeler he still makes a lot a lot of money and uh yeah so it seems like maybe that relationship is starting to come to an end for Blake Wheeler I don't really know what's what they're going to do over there in in Winnipeg all I can say is that something definitely has to be done over there and I think stripping the captaincy may be the first thing uh, I don't know maybe I think it's really all they could really do right now they change coaches they're fucking I don't know man like it's weird I, I I just, I'm. I was just as shocked as as Winnipeg was last year that they're that they did as bad as they did because like, I'm a big fan of the Winnipeg Jets roster, man. I really like Kyle Connor. I like Ealers. I like Shifley. I like all those guys. But um, yeah, dude, that that defensive core that they have, not very strong, and Hellebuyck um, can only do so much. But um, yep. So they're stripping the captaincy. the uh, The plan going forward is that they're just gonna have three alternate or whatever captains uh three a's this year for the winnipeg jets i don't it i don't know man i think people put again i think i said this in the last episode i think people put too much like too much importance on the captain c like um like just because a guy is wearing a c doesn't mean that other guys in the locker room can't be leaders and stuff like that like the locker room in toronto for example like jason spezza didn't wasn't the captain or anything but he was a locker room leader in there wayne simmons joe thornton all those guys like just because you're not wearing a letter doesn't mean that you can't be a leader in the locker room Like, I don't know Like, all it really does is just add in more extra bullshit responsibility That I personally wouldn't want if I was in the NHL I was like, oh great, now I gotta do all these extra interviews And, and all that crap that I don't really want to do And I have to, and everything comes on me and, and they're gonna scrutinize every word that comes out of my mouth So me personally, I wouldn't want anything to do With fucking alternate captaincies, captaincies, anything like that I don't give a fuck about prestige Don't give a fuck about history I don't give a shit I don't need to be a captain. I can I can lead by example. If you want to throw a C on me, throw a C on me. I don't really care. I'm not going to do all these extra interviews. Anyway, so yeah, Blake Wheeler getting stripped of the captaincy. What do you guys think about that? Do you think it's going to, is is that going to be the, like, is that going to fix all the problems there? I think it's only going to kind of make it more, more awkward. Like now Blake Wheeler's just going to sit there and be like, yeah, boys, uh, thanks a fucking lot for ratting me out and all that shit. So maybe he's going to feel even more animosity towards his team. Maybe he's gonna feel none. Maybe he feels absolutely nothing about this. Could give one less of a shit. But honestly, he doesn't come off as that kind of guy. I think he's gonna care about this quite a lot. So we'll have to we we'll have to wait and see what's gonna happen with the Winnipeg Jets this year. I definitely have my eye glued onto those onto that team this year. Going to be very very interesting. Like I feel like that that organization is hanging on by a thread right now. Like one more bad fucking thing, and that whole organization is gonna blow up. They're gonna trade everybody. They're gonna fire everybody. They're gonna fucking send themselves out of winnipeg and they're gonna move again like who knows i don't know okay so uh reports coming out from vancouver they're extremely desperate for a right-handed defenseman they are going to be trying out quinton hughes on the right side this year he is a naturally left hand left side defenseman uh he's come out and said that he's willing to give the right hand uh a shot so yeah, Winnipeg or uh, Vancouver has not addressed that situation yet. They have not added any more right-handed defensemen. They're very, very weak on the right-handed side. So seeing if Quinn Hughes can get it done over there, there's a lot of defensemen in the league that are shoot left-handed but play on the right side. I mean, uh, TJ Brody in, in Toronto, uh, Jake Muzzin also playing right side, and he's a left-handed. So I don't know it's uh it's it, people again it's something that they put a lot of importance in i don't know how much it like i understand it like you want to have those one-time opportunities and all that great shit people playing on their stronger side so then they can defend better but you know how it is. There's not a whole lot of really good quality right-hand defensemen in the league. So it's, it's a very hard commodity to grab. But there's one guy out there that apparently the Vancouver Canucks are quite interested in. And uh, that guy being Ethan Bear, who plays for the Carolina Hurricanes right now. Uh, I can see that being a trade that could definitely happen. Um, Carolina has a lot of defensive depth. I have no idea where Ethan Bear is going to fit in. Um... In there, I think he wants more time. He I think he would probably like to get out of Carolina. Yeah, he would like to play on a winning team and all that shit. But I think he wants minutes more than anything right now. And yeah. He would be able to get those minutes in Vancouver because he's a right-handed shot, which they desperately need. I think Ethan Bear is a pretty solid fucking little player, but yeah, we'll just have to see if the the Vancouver Connects actually get that and what they would have to give up to acquire that. Um I don't know, man. They don't have they they have things, but not a lot, right? So We'll have to see. What do you guys think? you think that uh, Ethan Bear is going to get traded? I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. Like I said, I just don't think Carolina is going to end up using him. So they might as well try and get something for him. But who knows? And uh, speaking of some signings, uh, the Bruins GM is in no rush to re-sign David Pasternak. So interesting. I think... um, I think it's mostly going to boil down to how the season goes for the Boston Bruins. If they miss the playoffs and they do very badly and everything falls apart around them, which I'm hoping happens because, fuck yeah, the Bruins deserve that to happen to them for once. Um, shit to go wrong because fucking almost everything comes up Boston. Everything, I swear to God, the NHL will do anything to give Boston success because that's how they want it. They want, they want Boston to have their way and so on and so forth. But Bruins GM coming out and saying not in a rush to sign David Pasternak, if I was that GM, I'd be very much so wanting to sign him as soon as possible before shit gets bad, so like, I don't know, I would have signed him the second he said, oh yeah, I'd take, i play, I'd play hockey for free, man, that's when I would have fucking gave him an extension, like, oh yeah, you want, okay, here's fucking eight-year, eight-year deal, five million dollars, there you go, one of the best contracts ever signed in the history of man, But now, for example, let's say Pasternak goes in this season. They have a fucking miserable season in Boston. And now he's pissed off. He doesn't necessarily want to stay. And uh, the relationship becomes ugly. And then Pasternak ends up somewhere else next season. Maybe gets traded. Maybe Bruins begin a retool, a rebuild. And that starts with Pasternak getting traded. Because they can get a fucking boatload for that motherfucker. Because that guy is amazing. I would love David Pasternak. But... Oh, I don't know. It's going to be again. It's going to be. A, I'm very, very excited for the NHL season upcoming because there's a lot of question marks coming into the season. I think is going to be a very, very good season. I'm excited for it because hopefully this is going to be like as close to back the normal of a season we're going to have for a while now. Like things have been weird last year. Was close, but no cigar. Uh, we started a little late and yeah, things weren't exactly as clean as expected, but it was it's getting better. We're getting closer to everything, getting back to normal in the NHL, which is great. Uh, but David Pasternak, yeah, uh, only one year left. And speaking of other upcoming unrestricted free agents this year, there's a handful of big ones this year. So, oh, that's one I can take off now. Nathan McKinnon, because that one's been done. Look at that. Isn't that nice? Because I wrote this a couple days ago before McKinnon got got signed up. So a couple of the bigger names out there that are interesting that are upcoming unrestricted free agents, Bo Horvat. So uh, uh, news coming out pretty regularly that Vancouver and Bo Horvat are working on that contract extension. He's the current captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Pretty liked over there. Very good player. Uh, Some people may not think he's as good as they think he is, but I think he's a very, very good player. Very solid Uh, top six center good just good all around he can do a little bit of everything he could score he can yeah he can just do everything over there he's very good uh frederick anderson over there in carolina so uh only one more year for freddie if he has like by chance if he is able to play one full season one full healthy season for the first time i think in his whole career which you know, uh, player NHL players tend to step it the fuck up in contract years. so I can see Freddie stepping it up getting like 15 shutouts, playing 65 games, fully healthy, and uh, him cashing the fuck in because he's a very, very good goaltender. He had an amazing year last year. The only problem with Freddie Anderson is his health and uh, that that could that can ding you in the wallet when it comes to a contract resigning. If you can't stay healthy, you're not gonna make a whole lot of money, but um I think Freddie will do just fine. Another goaltender out there, Jeremy Swayman, also looking for a contract extension from the Boston Bruins. It'll be very interesting to see how that contract comes out. He's a young goaltender, hasn't had a whole lot of time in the NHL, the play he looked pretty damn good last year. Almost stole the job from Allmark, but uh Olmark kind of Olmark pulled it together a little bit more in the second half of the season. And then I don't know, they kind of he kind of it kind of became a one A one B. He's a very very good young goaltender, so uh, going to be very interested to see how that one comes out. We got one out of Toronto here, Michael Bunting. Very interesting to see what's going to happen with that guy and his contract. Is it going to be similar to a? Uh, a Hyman situation where like we had him for like a handful of really good um what do you call it bang for your buck contract I don't know like Hyman came in he was only making like 3 million it was really awesome and now bunting making nothing and he's putting up 60 points so if that guy does it again this year he puts up another 60 points what if he gets better and he gets like 70 75 points like what if this guy is actually a legitimate like bonafide top 6 forward like how are the Toronto Maple Leafs going to pay him there's no way we can't pay him it's just not going to happen. So, I don't know, man. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what, what's going to happen with Michael Bunting. Uh, I hope that the Leafs are able to keep this guy and, and, and all that great stuff. But, yeah, I don't know, man. The Leafs are in a lot of cap trouble. they got a lot of people coming up to sign. We'll be, I'll be talking about that in just a moment. Tristan Jari in Pittsburgh is going to have to be re-signed. Two out of uh, St. Louis this year. they got got Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. So, Uh, Pretty safe to say that I think Tarasenko is rather gonna walk, or he's gonna get traded this year. Because last year he asked for a trade, had a fucking amazing year, and you know they had a pretty good playoff run. Uh, As far as I know, I don't think Tarasenko has rescinded that trade request. So as far as I know, he still wants to be traded. So yeah, uh more than likely they're not gonna be re-signing him if they don't trade him. So I would have to I would have to go out and say that it's more than likely Terra Single's last year as a St. Louis Blue. Ryan O'Reilly, I would think they would be more prioritized to re-sign. He's a leader there, he's very good uh defensively, one of the better two way forwards in the game. And uh yeah, so and with that on top of that that they already they just re signed Cairo and Thompson or Thomas, for a pretty hefty contract extension. So it's going to be interesting to see what the St. Louis Blues are going to be doing this year. Minnesota, they got Matthew Dumba. That one shouldn't be too bad. But again, Minnesota is very cap-strapped with all those uh, bios that they did last season. So it's going to be interesting to see if, Del- if um, Dumba is going to remain with the Minnesota Wild. And then Detroit has Dylan Larkin who um, I believe they've also been talking. I don't know how well that's actually been going. I think it's not been going very well uh, with the contract extension for Dylan Larkin. I think that is a very big priority for them. I believe he is the captain. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I do believe Dylan Larkin is the captain of Detroit Red Wings. I think so. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's also up. And then there's a handful of pretty interesting restricted free agents coming up at the end of the season. Now, I know people like to say contracts, sheet offers and all that crap. I just don't think it ever... It doesn't happen, man. Like, the fact that no one's taken a bite for Rasmus Sandin's shocking. Like, you can easily scoop him away from the Leafs right now for basically nothing. Offer him, like, two and a half, three million dollars. No way the fucking Leafs are going to be able to match that. Boom. He's gone for, like, a second. Would you... Wouldn't, like... I would take fucking Sandin. I'd take a shot on Sandine for a second or a third. Like, why not? Um... I don't know, man. Maybe it's just because of that recency bias thing that happened with Cockton, Yemi, and the Montreal Canadiens. Like, I don't know. It seemed to be going pretty well for Carolina. I just really like the beef that's been brewing between Carolina and Montreal. Like, not just on the ice, but, like, the beef, like, talking shit to each other on Twitter and all that shit. Little jabs here and there. I really dig that. I like that. I like Carolina Hurricanes, man. They're a fucking cool-ass team. I like that they're uh, they're not afraid to uh, to do things weird, obviously. Uh, but some of the upcoming uh, restricted free agents, Matthew Barzell. So that could be interesting um, if this year doesn't go his way. Uh, they got rid of the coach. They're hoping to increase the offense and give him more of an opportunity to uh, explode offensively because he is one of the more gifted NHLers offensively in the in the league right now. And we just haven't been able to see that. I think uh, Barzell is is capable of doing 80, 80 90 plus points uh, if he could just get, I don't know, his wingers aren't exactly the strongest. But, hey, man, if this season doesn't go well, maybe Matthew Barzel wants to get the fuck out of the island. Maybe he wants to go somewhere else. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see with some of these guys. You got Alexander DeBrincat. I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, as long as things go good, Ottawa is on the up and up. They're probably the, most, the hottest trending team right now. Everyone is so high on the Ottawa Senators. So uh, they could be in for a very, very fun year. Or they could be in for a very, very unfun year because that's usually how it goes when teams get hyped up like this like everyone's believed oh ottawa can be better in the leafs it could go deep in the playoffs yada 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 you don't know until it happens man like it's hard to say until you see it happen on the ice but yeah on paper right now i mean the ottawa Senators made the most improvements over the offseason they made the most moves they have a very nice looking core they added a bunch like looks pretty fucking good dude like i'm pretty convinced i have them making the playoffs Uh, another one out of here from Dallas they got Rupe Heinz uh, very under I don't know I feel like he's an underrated player he's a very very good goal scorer over there in Dallas don't think he gets talked about enough I feel like all the all the the worry in Dallas is always on Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan and now Jason Robertson because he's not fucking signed and they really really need to get that kid signed and it's still not done so yeah Dallas fans out there are more than likely getting a little bit more tight butthole as the days pass that they still don't have this kid uh, in the lineup. If they don't have him in the lineup for the beginning of this season, I, would, I might, you might as well just kiss the season goodbye because <sighs> it's going to be tough. If Dallas doesn't have him in the lineup, it's going to be tough for them to... Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a real hard year if they don't have him. And then, of course, last but not least, you have Trevor Ziegler's over there in Anaheim. Um, it's very very safe to say he's going to resign obviously in Anaheim they're going to have all the money to give him I'm just more interested in how much he's going to make and if they're like what what are we what are we going to do like because contracts have been kind of trending in a different way uh, the last little while or or some GMs have been trying to change that around where they're playing they're paying the players when they're young and not paying them when they've like they're on the back nine in their career like uh, for the most part it would be you got your ELC that's three years then you get a You get like a bridge deal, maybe a two to five year deal somewhere in there. And then after that, and only if you're good, now you can make money when you're like 30 years old. And then you give them like an eight year extension for a shitload of money. And then that just makes you look bad. Me personally, I'm on the side of the other GMs. I would rather pay a guy for his prime years and then on your back nine, we'll pay you less. You can stay here and finish out. And have a good time people will not be so shitty to you because oh look at this fucking 37 year old asshole making 11 million dollars making a team shit no it'd be better if it's like oh man there's that fucking legend who who had an amazing career here and now he's still playing here and he's only making like one million dollars oh man i love this guy so much i'd suck his dick if he came in my house shit like that so that's how I would sign players like there's no fucking way if a dude if a player came up to me unless he's Sidney Crosby, McDavid or fucking Matthews and they're like 32 years old and like I want an 8 year deal I'd be like go fuck yourself you're not getting it.
1: <laughs> it's not
0: happening. Like I would never as uh, the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins gave gave Latang that deal or or Malkin. Like maybe Malkin, but definitely not Latang. I'm like, dude, you've had one healthy season your whole career and it just happened to be on a contract year so you're taking some fucking I don't know what you were taking, injecting fucking straight up 2% milk right into your veins, and you just made your bones all strong again. I have no idea what the fuck, what the fuck Chris Letang did to stay healthy for the first time ever in his, in his career, but he did it. He did it at the right time, and boom, he cashes in gets even more money. He's made a shitload, now he's making even more. Anyway, so yeah gonna be interesting to see how much Zgris is going to make uh for his first contract because this is gonna be his last year of his ELC so I'm, I'm interested to see how much he's gonna make I'm interested to see I'm very interested in Zgris, man he's a very cool player obviously he's gonna be very popular uh with the young guns he's um the new cover star of the newest NHL game I believe and that's like really cool because he's so new and young so they're obviously going for that younger crowd uh, which is fine that's totally fine with me I don't care it's not like the NHL is ever going to surpass the NBA, NFL, or, or MLB. Maybe the MLB if, if it keeps, I don't know. Um, NFL, no way. NBA, no way. There's just It's never going to happen now. NBA is so far gone, and the NFL makes so much fucking money, it's not even fair. And, I mean, Bayball, people still like Bayball. I don't like Bayball, but people like fucking Bayball, Bayball. So good for baseball, good for all of them and um okay so let's let's talk a little bit about the Leafs and the Flames right now okay so I know I'm looking a little bit into the future and a lot of shit can change a lot of things can happen in two years but in two years folks do you know what we're in for for Toronto Maple Leaf fans I think some of you know I think some of you know the one guy that's in a couple years but that's not all it's not just Poppy it's not just Austin Matthews that's got to get signed in two years guys it's William Nylander it's Jake Muzzin, it's TJ Brody, it's Mark giordano it's Timothy Lilligren, and it's Matt Murray. Pretty much the the almost the whole entire core of the Toronto Maple Leafs are gonna be needing new contracts in two years. So the window is closing very, very fast on this team. So as you can if you didn't listen to um the prior episode, I think it was the last one where I did my cup prediction. I have the Toronto Maple Leafs winning the cup this year. Uh, I don't really put a whole lot of thought and effort into it. I just, I'm just always going to pick the Leafs right now because I think I've never seen them stronger on paper. It's just mentally they're so weak. So, so weak mentally. And that's so much of the game is, is the mental side of it. But again, this, this, is a, this is a thing we've seen over and over again in the NHL. It happened to Steve Yeiserman when he was in Detroit. He was young, young captain, young team. Could never get it done until they did and then they did again and then they did it again and then they did it again and now stevie y is one of the greatest winners of all time fucking what's the other team pittsburgh uh not as long i mean they had they they, they missed it in 2008 whatever they lost it in detroit oh is crosby ever gonna get it done boom next year gets it done ovechkin come on now how many years did they the every single year oh is all good enough to get it done oh well the capitals ever win a cup and then once people gave up on the capital oh they're not going to get it done boom they got it done so i i mean i don't think the leafs are ever going to have that leisure where where the fans and the media are going to just not care and just say like oh their their windows closed now and that's it and then the leafs win the cup but i don't know man it's um it's a, it, a very strong looking team on paper man uh it, At some point, you know, I think McDavid, Matthews, all these major superstars, you know, the equivalent to Crosby, Ovechkin back then. I think it's only a matter of time before McDavid gets a cup. I think it's only a matter of time before Austin Matthews get a cup because they're just, I think they're undeniable. I think those players with the skill and if you just get enough around them, they should be able to bring you a cup. I just think, Matthews and the team and Marner and all those young guys, they just need a little bit more hurt. I know you don't want any more hurt. Um, I think they might've had enough hurt by now uh, to maybe have learned their lesson. Well, ha- I'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm more optimistic uh, that they learned a lesson from Tampa Bay than they would have learned a lesson from the Montreal Canadiens and the Columbus Blue Jackets years prior because I hope the lessons that they learned from the Columbus Blue Jackets is never underestimate your opponent and you you gotta not give up until like you just gotta not let things get to you like it's so obvious when the leafs players are rattled because you can tell it in their body language you can see it in their faces instantly it's like it's like dude it's like watching a teenager being told like no and they're just having a little fucking hissy fit oh the puck's not going in now all they're all pissy and miserable and depressed looking on the bench it's like then fucking try like you gotta like Shit like that, man. You know, it's, it's the little things. It's not just, you know, oh, we got to have the best forwards. We got to have this. It's so much, so many more variables. It's it's the, it's the want, man. That that determination, intensity that I just haven't quite seen out of Matthews, Marner, all those guys. Like I have not seen that intensity yet that I saw on the faces of those Tampa Bay Lightning guys over the last couple of years. Um, the way that they would block shots just nonchalantly, and like the Leafs don't do that. They just don't have that. They don't have that sacrifice. Maybe, hopefully, they'll have it this year. I just think it's a learning curve. It's a learning process. These things don't happen overnight for everybody. Sometimes teams get it done fast, but some teams it takes a long time. There's a lot to learn, and I'm hoping that the Le- the Leafs are learning these lessons because their time is running out, man. How like how the fuck are they gonna re-sign any of those guys back? Like they're they're only getting older. T.G. Brody Brody's getting older. Muzzin is hanging on by a thread. Giordano's thirty seven. Lilligren by that time what if he pops off and now all of a sudden we got another guy that wants a whole shitload of money like yeah if we lose these guys but we're gonna have to replace these guys and honestly y'all we don't have the strongest prospect pool like we traded away a raw a lot of picks over the last few years we a lot of our draft picks haven't exactly turned out well I mean the last guy that we just drafted sadly um trying to think of his name uh the young european russian kid but he got like cancer or whatever which is no one's fault it's just extremely unfortunate but it's like damn that's another one of our major prospects that like i don't know it's going to be a very very hard road for him to make it now that he's fucking got cancer or whatever right so it's going to be it's really tough the the leaves tend to draft pretty well over the last few years i mean more so I think it's like yeah they're nailing their first rounders now which is great but I mean nailing first rounders should not be hard you should be able to nail that every single time it's the Leafs need to start hitting more on those second third fourth round picks and stuff and there's those couple um what are they finish players I think we have those two finish uh, forward and defenseman. Uh, if those guys can crack the lineup soon that would be huge for the Toronto Maple because that's the kind of stuff we need, we need right now we have no money we're paying all the guys that we need to pay now we need to start getting lucky a little bit like we did last year with Michael Bunting like okay sweet we need like two more of those kind of things to really get us going here and we need uh, we need another step taken out Lilligren we need Sandine to get fucking signed and we need him to take a step we need everything to come together and that's very difficult to happen. You know, the, everything needs to line up. Very difficult for that to happen. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Got a hiccup there. That was just kicking my ass. But you're not alone, to Maple Leaf fans. So let's go take a look at Calgary. What do you guys got coming up in the next two years? Well, in two years, you got Michael Backlund, which isn't too bad. He's older, and by in two years, he'd be like 35. So it, that one shouldn't be bad. Elias Lindholm, hey now. That guy's going to want some money. He's he's fairly underpaid right now, and um, he's fucking money, dude. And if he has another good year, if he can get that connection with Huberto early, really quickly, he's going to be making a lot of money, man. And they have some big contracts on this team. On top of that, in two years, you got um, Tyler Toffoli, Noah Hannafin, Brandon Tanev, and Shillington. So all, almost uh, pretty much that whole defensive core is up in two years. Uh, Shillington may need more money by then. Brandon Tanev's going to be older. Hanifin may want more money. DeFoley, more than likely going to be gone. Backlund, more than likely going to be gone. And then Lindholm's going to need a massive increase in pay because he's very underpaid. So, yeah, uh, definitely not as bad as the Maple Leafs because we got fucking pretty much the whole fucking team is up all at the same time. Um, and then even after that, the third, uh, three years from now, the Maple Leafs are going to have Marner, Tavares, and more, so yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's it's very nerve wracking for us Leaf fans right now because I I feel like that door is closing faster and faster and faster, and I think even for the Calgary Flames, man, you guys got a limited window I think as well. Like if you lose that defensive core, which I think is one of Calgary's strongest suits, that's gonna hurt them, man. That's gonna hurt Calgary. I don't know how. Well, just like like I said, two years is a lot. A lot can happen in two years. Injuries, trades, fucking all this shit can happen. Fucking. Who knows, right? So, but I just wanted to make note of it because I'm thinking about it and I didn't want to leave the Calgary Flames out there. So I went over and I checked their team too. And I was like, shit, you guys got a couple of big ones coming up in a couple of years too. So I wanted to make you guys sweat a little bit. So maybe we can, we could sweat together. That would be nice. Maybe us Calgary Flames fan, Leaf fans, we can kind of get in there and sweat it off together you know it's all good we can get past that beef between jake muzzin and kachuk you know kachuk's gone now so we can get over that little bit of beef that we had and we uh, calgary flames and and leaf fans can be friends again because i like you calgary flames and i like you i like you calgarians i think you guys are cool because i got a buddy that lives out there and i think he's pretty fucking cute so if he lives out in calgary he likes it out there so it must be pretty fucking cute so yeah, Calgary Flames fan, sorry that I had to bring up that bad news. But, um, hey, at least you got Huberto signed. There's also Mackenzie Wieger. Uh, it sounds like he wants to get re-signed. So, yeah, a lot of money is going to be getting thrown around over the next two years. Like I said earlier in this podcast, the salary cap is going to be going up. But, like I said, who knows? Like, what if a fucking World War happens out of nowhere? Or what if another pandemic happens? It's not guaranteed that these things happen every 100 years. Like, what if another one just pops out and then we're fucked again? Like, who knows, man? That's... that's Life is very, very unpredictable. Fucking thing. A meteor can be hitting us right at this moment. And I could be dead right now. I don't know. But hopefully you guys aren't dead. Hopefully you made it through this whole podcast. And if you did, you guys are absolutely lovely. You're beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. And um yeah, dude, make sure you hit down uh go down the description. You can follow some of the links. You can follow this podcast on Twitter where I give you updates about the podcast, give you a little inside information, uh announcements, so on and so forth. It's also for my YouTube channel. Uh, do announcements for my YouTube and all that, all in one great place on Twitter. So make sure you go over there and follow me. I still only have one follower, so who wants to be the second one? That'd be great. Um, also, while you're down there, head over to my YouTube channel. Go over to the YouTube on YouTube, I play games. Uh, it's mostly just a gaming channel. I go over there, go over there. I'm playing Disco Elysium right now. If you haven't heard about that game, it's one of the funniest greatest bestest fucking story games you'll ever see so go over there watch me play it it's really fun and if you want i got a whole bunch of let's plays over there and i'm also looking for suggestions for new let's plays so if you have a playstation game playstation only folks playstation only okay that's the only thing that i'm able to record on i've tried dozens of different i cannot fucking get xbox to record i am too dumb to figure out how to get my nintendo to record anything so right now i'm just sticking to playstation games the most least fucking stressful thing all i have to do is press one goddamn button and record it goes so it's really easy so if you have any playstation 5 4 3 2 1 games that you would like me to play maybe do a let's play on let me know in uh on a comment on twitter or youtube that'd be fucking awesome uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still here, make sure you hit that like thing or whatever. You know, rate the podcast, help, help me out. Let's build this community a little bit. And I would really, really appreciate that out of you guys. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed uh, the episode this week. Hope you, hopefully, your week is going better. Hopefully, this gets you through your hump day. Fuck hump day. I have Wednesdays off, so technically my hump day is Tuesday. So fuck Tuesdays and Wednesday. Just fuck any work day, man. Fuck work. Fucking work sucks. Why? Why? I don't want to work anymore. I'm tired of working. So how about you guys do me a favor and you and you make this podcast explode, and then I can do this for a living and entertain you guys because I would fucking love that. It'd be so incredible. But um anyway, sorry. Thank you so much for listening. I'll say thank you one more time. Thank you so much for listening. You lovelies. Um, yeah. Bye.